This is Agents Influence Podcast. What is a thought leader? So I see it as three basic things. A thought leader is someone who is known as an expert in the particular field. It's not just he knows the information, but he has a unique perspective and he is a real expert in their particular field. So number two, someone who freely shares value-added information that people appreciate to the public. And number three, who has a platform, who has a megaphone, a soapbox, that's respected. It's a respected platform that people respect and feel value. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 how is everybody doing? This is Agents Influence Podcast, conversations with Jason Cass, and I am back with you. Now, you know when you hear Agents Influence, you know that this is not an agency or insider. This is not someone working in an agency. This is not, and today, this is not even someone who is in the insurance industry. But yet, I bet you there's a lot of people out there that follow him, read his stuff, and you just don't know about it. And then there's a bunch of you in this industry who don't know Yitzi. You have no idea who this dude is. And it's probably one of the reasons why you hit the play button. Besides the fact that you're like obsessed with everything that we do here because Asian influences. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Anyway, sorry about that. But before I get on to Yitzi, one of the things that I do want to say out there is I want to just talk real quick about LoyalListenerShirt.com. Go to LoyalListenerShirt.com. You can find, because you are a loyal listener, right? So I had shirts made for you. And then all the shirts that I've made, I went and paid my own money. I'm selling them now for $25 and I'm going to take the money that I make off of selling them and we're going to give them PPE equipment for our frontline responders. This is a way that we're able to bring our help and assistance directly to the front line, pass along all the money. Go to loyallistenershirt.com. That's what we do that for. I mean, that, that that is no money for us. That is just to get it out there. Plus, a lot of people have been telling me that you want a loyal listener shirt. So, boom, there it is for you, loyallistenershirt.com. Um, in the meantime, let's get back, though, over to uh, Mr. Yitzi Wiener. How are you doing, Yitzi? Doing great, doing wonderful. Considering that I've been, you know, we've been quarantined for almost six weeks, but otherwise everything is great. Where do you live? I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I grew up in Los Angeles, California, but uh, you know, I migrated here for school and got married, settled down here. So I've been here almost ten years now. Almost ten years, and a lot of my loyal listeners have no earthly idea who you are, and I can't wait to get to that because I think you come um, with a different set of. Um, with a different viewpoint, you're looking at it through a different lens. But one of the things that I know about you, which makes you a, an interesting person, is a lot of people talk highly about you. I li- I think that there's people out on LinkedIn when I'm kind of following and seeing where you're at. There's people who who um, uh, genuinely appreciate you taking and letting and 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 shining a light on them. You talk about entrepreneur and all the stuff that we're going to talk about, but, but Yitzi, thank you very much for coming on agents influence, man. We, we, we really do agree, greatly appreciate it. I think that, that the listeners are going to get a lot out of this, man. I appreciate really appreciate you inviting me in, in your time today. Question number one, are you a iPhone or are you a droid user? So, you know, this question is really, really um, it's fascinating because I think it opens up an entire 
we could probably talk about this for an entire podcast, but right. so, I'll, so I'll be honest that I uh, resigned my smartphone uh, a few years ago. I, I used to I used to be an Android user, but I, I found that that um, it was taking away my ability to be intentional about my schedule. Really, uh, basically, basically because it's so, so you know uh, so much of our interaction with the with the, a smartphone is reactive. You know, someone buzzes you, someone messages you. You have an impulse, and basically, I found that I'm spending so much of my time being reactive that I wasn't able to con- kind of control my day, being intentional about my day. And I and I realized that ultimately, every app that I that I ever use, I could I could have on a PC. I don't need to have email with me every single second. I don't need to have news with me every single second. So I found that that if I could um, kind of um, kind of divide my day and and group my day into different parts, you know, use the apps that I need when I need it. Uh, I found that I was able to nice. be more intentional and therefore be be happy happier. So 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 that's kind of like a disclosure. But to answer your question, I personally I was a, a I'm a, an Android user, but I think I think your question maybe you should spin your question is. Let's say you were a business. Would you rather be an Apple or a Google? If you were building a brand, would you rather be an Apple brand or a Google brand? So, uh, so but my point is that maybe as users, nice. either either of us may appreciate Apple or, or Android. But I think as a business, if you were starting a business, would you want to emulate Google or emulate Apple? And I suspect that that um, again, this is my opinion, but I think many cool. would agree that that Apple has a stronger brand. If I was a stronger brand, uh, I think you know. I think if you ask somebody today who is who is the CEO today of Google, the many people wouldn't know. But if you ask somebody who is the CEO today of Apple, they would know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect True. that Apple has a, has a stronger brand, a stronger stronger story, uh, a strong a stronger um, loyalty. So 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 while I am an, a Google user, and that's because because I like the the independence, I like the functionality. I don't like being locked to a particular platform. But if if I was starting a business, I want to be. I would rather be an Apple business, and I would like to have a brand as uh, like Apple. <laughs> so that's my a long-winded answer to your to your great question. No, I I absolutely love that. I really truly do. And and the thing is, is that um, it's interesting how you broke that down, and you broke that down in a way that was. I I see the way you were breaking it down, but you got my brain going off in a different direction as well as as to say which has a bigger brand, right? That's very interesting, Yitzi, that you would that you would talk about that. So you talk about two different and which one has a different brand. And I really like the way that you talk about that, Yitzi, because you got my brain thinking. And you got my brain thinking into the fact of one is about world domination, right? Like, like in my opinion, Google's about like world domination. I know they're really not, but like, I mean, they literally want to take over the world, right? Apple. They don't want to take over the world, but they want they believe that their products are are intuitively and beautifully designed and better than everybody else's, right? And 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 very, very much true about that. Um, but when you talk about a brand, I think you're right on that, right? And then when you talk about um the thing that Google started off with a long time ago against Microsoft was don't be evil. Like at the very beginning, that was their thing, right? And then recently Apple came out with something about two or three years or uh, cook came out with something and said, um, 
about two or three months ago that when you look at Apple versus like Google and other stuff, like they're collecting your information and feeding it to other people. And Apple is saying our privacy doesn't allow that. Right. And I thought that was a pretty big separation to throw in between those two. Cause I think a lot of people get see, and I want to hear from you. I think a lot of people think they're the, they're, they're not the same, but they play in the same ball game, but they really are two different structures and trying to accomplish two different missions. Am I wrong or right about that? No, I, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think that, I mean, again, many differences we could talk mm-hmm. about, but uh, one overt difference is that I think that Apple has been much more intentional about uh, creating um, the story that people talk about Apple. The, Apple has been much more intentional mm-hmm. about 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 its its you know its roots and its its growth, you know, in the Steve Jobs days, and then and and Steve Jobs' own personal you know personal uh, characteristics and and greatness and and fo- and foibles. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Google, I don't, you don't really see so much of a story. You know, people often don't know the story of Larry Page or Sergey mm-hmm. Brin, and uh, um, and so so my sense is that that um, while 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 Google is great at creating reliable products, Apple I think has overall has a has a, an incredible genius and in, uh, be able to craft and be intentional about crafting a narrative about how it's perceived. Uh, where I think I would imagine that. Apple's marketing budget, marketing including not just not just the advertising but PR and mm-hmm. branding, I would imagine that their marketing budget is is much much more than, than Google. Point. Google, I think, is much much more much more reactive, and it's it's yeah, they're different styles. They're different styles. Yeah. So so, and I love what you said. Also, you started off with a with a great um, with a great golden nugget here, where you said reactive means I could not be as intentional. And so many words, that's what you said about that. And I thought that was a great way to game in between that because that is the truth. Um, My friends get on to me a lot. I do not use my cell phone much during the day. And to me, I don't intentionally do that. It's just that what you said, everything I have is on my computer except for text messages. And most of my friends know that they could probably hit me on Facebook Messenger if I if if it's where you're really going to get me. So, um, yeah, that's 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 interesting. So anyways, we'll continue on. What is the most recent pod or most recent app that you downloaded? So so again, I haven't used my I haven't used my uh, smartphone in good point. Maybe in about maybe maybe about four okay, years. never mind then. Never so, mind then. <laughs> but, I didn't realize it was that long. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. Wow. But the truth is, no, it wasn't. My it wasn't only my happiness that man improved. My entire family's happiness I improved. Bet. I, I you know you know we don't have any interruptions. And when I'm with my kids on the couch, there's nothing to interrupt me. There <laughs> isn't. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. The, the, the closest that I can get to is, is, is going to Cuba. When I do some of my work down in Cuba, you don't have any cell service, right? You have Cuba cell, but that's not going to work on my phone. And that first uh, day there, I am constantly grabbing for my phone every 30 seconds and I will grab it and go, Jason, come on, dude, it doesn't work. Like just, and I mean, I'll turn it off and I'll still grow to grab it, you know? It's really, really weird. But after like that first kind of that second day, then all of a sudden it like just disappears from your mind and you just don't think about it anymore, you know, um, other than needing it for your camera. But, you know, that's about it. So that's interesting. So um, would you say that you love to win or hate to lose, Yitzi? This is a great question. So also, I think we could spend an entire podcast on this. So uh, I was thinking about this question. I think your question really is, are you motivated more by by pleasure are are you motivated more by getting pleasure or are you motivated more by avoiding pain 
That, I think that's really yeah, the question. Because, because losing is a pain and winning is a pleasure. So which motivates you more? Avoiding avoiding pain or getting pleasure? So, and I think the answer answer really is that it, obviously it's not binary because we all we all want pleasure and we all want to avoid pain. You know, I, I could you know if, if you like vanilla ice cream, I like vanilla. Right. I, I do like you like vanilla ice cream or chocolate. So, but I think but I think your question really is um, maybe your question is what what should be a greater motivator? What should be a greater motivator? And so I was thinking that back to what you were saying before. Think of simply avoiding pain. If you you live your life trying to avoid pain, avoid losing, you're going to live a reactive life. You're, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to choose a narrative. You're going to be more an object than a subject. Oh yeah, I like that. You're you're, you're basically you're avoid, you're trying to avoid being 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 objectified. And 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 if you if your pursuit rather is is the pursuit of pleasure. Now, obviously, there are different levels of pleasure. You know, eating a hot dog is a pleasure, but but that's one level of pleasure. But but uh, winning a chess game is another pleasure. Winning winning a gold medal in, in a, you know in a in an Olympic game is another pleasure. Having a relationship is is another pleasure. So so I think that if if we define winning as achieving our goals, achieving our achieving what's meaningful to us, or achieving our even our even existential goals, I think that. Trying to win should is much better than avoiding avoiding loss. Trying to get the greatest pleasures, which are relationships, connection. I think those are that's a better way to live than just simply trying to avoid pain. Now, Yitzi, one thing is, and I and I love that, but Yitzi, isn't there a? Um, I'm trying to think of it. There's like a mental um, psych- psychological effect here that the average person would rather have play something safe if it's guaranteed than risk something if it's not. I think that's actually it right there. And and so you're kind of playing into that. So kind of our our brain kind of wants us to be safe, right? Which which is is kind of playing in but you know, it kind of has to do with that. It's just kind of interesting in the way that you're putting that and I love it how you're saying that one of the what your brain is of course, we're going to try and stay away from the pain, right? And we want the pleasure, and and I like how you say sometimes that pleasure means that you made you 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 achieved your goals, right? Interesting, interesting. What does what does winning mean? What does does winning mean? It all depends on what the rules are. You know, some you know winning ultimately winning means you've accomplished what you set out to accomplish, right? Like in some games, it's there's only one winner, but other games you can have a whole team winning. Right? Ah. So, so winning doesn't winning doesn't only mean uh, you're the number one. Winning ultimately means you, you've set something out and you've accomplished it. So, if you want to win in a relationship, right? right? So how do you? I love it. So, dude, Lord, <laughs> listeners, this is good. See, this is going to be good because Yitzi and I don't even know each other. Like, we just met each other, <laughs> and like, actually, Yitzi is is is. I mean, dude, your time is you you organize your time very intentionally because i reached out to yitzi like two or three months ago and was like i got to get this guy on and he's like ah uh, i'm busy uh and you know cuz you uh, you are intentional about your calendar right which poses to be truth and uh you probably thought that we forgot about you but uh reason i did not forget about you because i told reza he's somebody we need to get on and for this exact reason skill or luck if you said it came down to one of those two and i mean let's just say it's just those two i understand it could be a lot but would you say skill or luck has brought you to where yitzi wiener is so th- this is also a great question I, I, no, these questions are, are really unique and i love them because they're they're very philosophical they're, they're simple but they're, they're portals to very deep philosophical ideas. Yes. 
so so there's a famous quote by attributed to Thomas Edison that that light, um, success is is 99 perspiration and one percent inspiration, <clears throat> and for sure that for sure that's true in, in you know in m- many ways. But I think I think um, I think I think that we can also sometimes we could really re- flip that around, and and a lot of times it could also be. Um, 99% inspiration and 1% perspiration. And what I mean about that is that, um, yes, almost everything that that almost all of our success comes because we've been granted opportunities that that are, have been decided before we were born. Mm-hmm. We were born. I, we are. I was born in the United States. I was born in. You know. I was. I live in 2020. That wasn't to me. I could have been born 50 years ago. I could have been born in the third world. Um, <clears throat> you know. I had a certain upbringing. I had a certain education. Those are choices that my parents made, and those are choices because their parents made before that. So, I, I, so, 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 rather than say, "Look, it was, it was my, that was my fate, that was my destiny, that was given to me, that was the, that was the fate that I was given." Um, yes. So now I, I've been blessed that I've, I was able to, you know, utilize those opportunities. But, but we have to recognize that so much of our success comes from the things that have, have been out of our control that came, that came in, came before us, and we, we were blessed that we had that. Yes. So. So, so the way I, look, I like to look at it is that our efforts we have to we have to create we have, our efforts are like a vessel to be able to receive receive the blessings to re- receive um, that luck. You know, ultimately, whatever we have is 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 many times is, is out of our control. I could have the greatest product, but the, you know, the market may not be right, the clients may not be right, it may not be right. The you know, it's it's just not the right time. Mm-hmm. And or, or and you could you could be the most talented person, the most educated person, and not necessarily be successful. Um, so, so I think the answer is, um, of course, it's not binary. Of course, there's, there's, you have to be very, very, you have to work hard and you have to, you have to put a lot of effort, but a lot of the success comes from, from, from the blessing. So you have to create the vessel and then allow the, allow the, the, the blessings to, to go into your vessel. I love it. I love it, dude. I love it, man. Me and you could sit around and have a cold, refreshing <laughs> beverage for a long time. Whether that's water or beer, we could do it. I'm telling yeah, you, brother. Sure. No, that beer, beer is fine. Yes, I know. I know. Uh, okay. So, hey, take us back. I mean, you've given us a little bit of where you are, but you were born, I believe, and raised in California. Go back to where it is and bring us forward to how you got to who you are now, man. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, um, I mean, so how much how much time? No, you know, like, keep it within like five minutes. But I mean, you have a you have a unique background than most of our guests. So I'd like we'd like to hear about it. Sure, sure. <clears throat> so I think um, I think you know, as you mentioned, I grew up in Los Angeles, California. And you know, hey, we're gonna start we're gonna start a, a newspaper, and we 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 wanted we wanted it to be like snarky, so we mm-hmm. called it Schmokey and Schmokey's Gazette. It was like a funny name, Schmokey and Schmokey's Gazette, and and basically we, we would. I remember it was probably in probably in the late '80s, early '90s, and you know we my friend had a, had a computer. Not everyone had computers in those days, um, and yeah, we, we 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 would sit there. We would we would decide which which section would go here. We had different games, and then we we what we did was we on our we printed it out. We went to a printing shop, and we we I remember we would collate. The whole the whole magazine, and then we would literally go door to door selling. Would you like to buy our magazine? And, and I remember, I remember one time. That's great. So, so and we and then we just, we realized that um, you know having a social impact angle would be beneficial. So I remember we we, we decided ten percent of it will go to charity. We'll, we'll go. So I remember I mean, one time we knocked on someone's door and 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 we wanted to sell it. So we said it's a dollar a piece, 
and 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 we said ten percent of it goes to charity, and then the guy says, "Well, where does the ninety percent go?" <laughs> so so I was like. Us, <laughs> like, like what's it? You know, uh, so like, that was like game works. <laughs> like, like what's? Uh, I remember he made it sound like it was a bad thing that that we're trying to make a business. Yeah, I know. But uh, but um, but um, so that I guess that was like my little taste, my my little taste of uh, of you know being in the communications business. Uh, so um, yeah, you know, some, you know, we, we did that for fun. We didn't make a ton of money, but it was it was it was it was an experience. It was a lot of a great bonding experience. When I was in um, tenth grade in high school, I had Mr. Goldenberg, and he he was just a great teacher. He he made made me love writing. He made me love love you know short form writing or, or long form writing, creative writing, and that really planted that that bug um, in me. So like mm-hmm. ever since tenth grade, I I really appreciated. Appreciated the power of writing, the power of words, the power of being able to take an idea and and move people. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so that was tenth grade. Uh, so I get move on, moving moving along. My my I, I initially set out. My, I went to um, Baltimore. I was hoping to go to join go to medical school. I wanted to become an oncologist, but um, I I I, I took a career change. I met I met I met my 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 wife. I met my wife and I realized that I had a skill in teaching and a, awesome. a skill in, in, um, so I, I became a teaching rabbi. So I was for, for 15 years, I, I had an organization that was teaching, teaching other Jewish people, teaching Jewish ethics, Jewish values, how to, how to improve our character, how to prove ourselves so that we could bring, bring goodness to the world. For 15 years, I, I was a, <clears throat> a rabbi. I, I still am a rabbi, rabbi, but I don't, I don't, I'm not a, uh, you know, that isn't my occupation. Right. Um, and then, and then, um, no, as, as my family grew, I'm, thank God I'm blessed with, with, um, with seven children. Thank God I have six girls and a, and a boy. Wow. Yeah. Thank God. (laughs) My oldest is 17. My, my youngest is, um, actually was just born. When you reached out to me, it was really because we we just had a baby. Oh my (laughs) goodness. 17. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So, 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 so basically, congratulations. So I, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's great. Thank God. Thank God. I mean, she came into this, she came, she was born right before this whole, the whole world went upside down. Um, you know, wow. So, but, yeah. it's, but, but, but thank God everyone's healthy. Everyone's good. Everyone's happy. Good, good, good. So, good. so, um, so, but, uh, so in, in my, kind of the focus of my teaching has always been how, what each of us can do to uh, um, improve ourselves and then, then to, you know, spread a little light. In the world, um, so eventually, I, I, as, I, as I mentioned, as my as my family grew, I, I I needed to start a business. So I um, so I, I first started out. Um, I started as a I started actually as with as a PR agency. That was my initial foray. But uh, and then around the same time, I had a friend who invited me to become a columnist at Huffington Post. He helped me become a Huffington Post columnist, and that that really for me that was like a the the pivotal the watershed movement that changed my life that opportunity and so being a writer for Huffington Post what it allowed me it allowed me it gave me um, what a friend of mine called relationship equity meaning that what it did was it 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 connected me to a lot of publicists who were representing very prominent figures in entertainment and sports and business and so eventually um, Huffington Post they they shut down that column and, and it was no longer I was no longer at Huffington Post. They, they shut down for many, you know, for thousands of people right. during that time. But but um, I still had those relationships, and I decided, you know, hey, you know, I could, 
no, I just do it myself. And um, so that, that's when I started Authority Magazine. Authority Magazine is a medium publication. Thank God we're actually one of the largest of mediums publications. We, we work you know, directly with the editors that worked openly with the principals at Medium. <clears throat> and um, Sweet. It's, it's really been, it's been, been a wonderful journey. And so our, our unique beat is, is uh, what, we, what we do is we have, we focus on interviews, interviews, and but we have like almost 100 different storylines, different angles. And the idea is for people that are, that are thought leaders or, or even, even a few of their leaders in business and sports entertainment, but even regular people, everyone has information and stories and, and knowledge to share. So we see ourselves as, as, like a, as a platform to be able to, to elicit, to bring out information from people, to be able to share that's value added for the public. So Love the it. stories aren't about, aren't about the interviewees. The stories are about what the interview can share. And mm-hmm. so starting with a blank page is hard. So mm-hmm. what we do is we have, usually have about 10 different interview questions. And we always ask for, ask for stories. And by giving people these prompts, it'll, it makes it much easier to be able to share stories. So, so, yeah. um, so yes, we started in 2018 and we have, um, by now we have more than 10,000 interviews, uh, wow. <laughs> which sounds impossible. And we've been very, very blessed that because of relationships with all these prominent publicists, we able to get, we get, we get pitched, you know, we, we able to interview very prominent people. Um, Dude, you, and, you, that's and, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. I didn't even know that part about you. I really didn't. So, because, 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 yeah, I mean, I knew that you were, um, well, the chief editor of the um, of Authority Magazine. But one of the things also where I see is that where you always write about leadership and thought leadership and other things, and even on your C- on your LinkedIn, it says a CEO of your thought leader incubator. What is that? Sure, sure. So that's how that's how we that's how we monetize. So today, you know, you know as you know, the the print media or media in general is going through a crisis and how, how it's monetized. And that's because the Google and Facebook disrupted the, the advertising um, paradigm. A little bit. So, <laughs> right. So like, like, like today, it used to be that, you know, people, you know, media would have, you'd have banner ads on the side, but you know, banner ads are blocked. So, so basically they're struggling to find new ways to monetize. So how do we monetize? So we don't have any ads. We don't have any ads whatsoever. What we do is the way we monetize is we have a program called the Thought Leader Incubator, and basically it's kind of like a um, a boot camp for leaders to be able to um, get the tools and the opportunities and the and the relationships to be able to eventually become an, a thought leader. So we can't promise you to become a thought leader, but it's like an incubator. We're going to give you the, the environment and the tools and the exposure and and the guidance to do that. And I can tell you what we do, uh, but I don't want to, <laughs> not looking to, you know, to, to be in advertising about thought leading incubator, but that's what we, so that's how we monetize. We have this program where we guide people, leaders to become um, columnists, a syndicated wow. columnist. Sweet. And so you, you assume that to be a thought leader is somebody who is a columnist or somebody who is going to be essentially, I think the word thought leader is used out in a lot of industries, but you're actually using it probably what its actually intention is. Is it somebody who has a lot of thoughts, but yes, necessarily puts them out on paper or by speaking? What would you say your definition is of a thought leader? Okay. This is an excellent question. So I, as you, you can assume, I, I, I have put a lot of thought to this. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of what we do. But so so I guess the starting point would be, you know, why why even become a thought leader? What's the, what's the point? It does take a lot of energy, takes a lot of, uh, investment of resources and time. What, why why do that? So, so I once heard a really great definition from Seth Godin, who I think is a is a great Love example him. of a thought leader. Boom. He said he, he said a great thing. He said marketing marketing is telling people what you do. 
that's that's marketing. Branding is telling people why they should trust you, why they should believe you. So marketing is this is what I do, but right. So I see an ad. Okay, I know what they do, but but will they deliver? Are they are they are they going to mess me over? Are they are they is it going to be not good quality? So right. bra- branding is oh I, I they have a good brand. I trust them. I trust they're gonna, they're going to deliver what they promise. So basically. <clears throat> Um, and anyone today, anyone can market. Anyone can do Facebook ads, but why should they be believed? So, if mm-hmm. you, by building a brand, the, the the brand. So, brand isn't just a logo. Brand is the entire story people think about you and why they should trust you. So, if you have a service business, like if you're an agency owner, if you are the insurance business, or any any knowledge business where you're you're selling your knowledge, you're a lawyer, you're you are you are um, you know providing a, a service instead of a, an actual product. So, being one way to build a brand build a trusted brand, a believable brand is to be seen as an authority and a thought leader in your industry. So the reason why, if you're an agency, why should I trust this agency or any other agency? Because that person is a trusted leader in that particular field. So, so I think being a thought leader is base is so be, so being a thought leader can give you a lot of opportunities because it helps you to build a strong brand. So that's, that's kind of the why behind this whole discussion. But your question really was like, what is a thought leader? So I, I see it as three, three basic things. Um, a thought leader is somebody who, who is is known as an expert in a particular field, mm-hmm. who has you know, but expert expert meaning not just he, he knows the information, but he has a unique perspective, and he or she has a unique perspective, and um, it is you know, yeah, is a real expert in their particular field. So everyone has expertise in something. You know, if you are if you're an agency owner, you know your business, so you're an expert. So 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 that's number one, and then number two, somebody who freely shares value-added information that people appreciate to the public. Um, somebody who shares that, mm-hmm. they could also monetize that information, but somebody who shares information with the public. And then and number three, um, who has a platform, who has you know a megaphone, a soapbox, that's respected. It's a respected platform that people respect and people value. So those are the th- th- three things that I, I say. It's number one, you're an expert in a particular field. Number two, you share value, value-added information with the public that people appreciate. And number three, you have a, you're, you have a platform you speak on a platform, whether it's a, a columnist or whether it's a podcast or whether it's a book, whether it's a, a speech, uh, you know, a speaking um, a series, you have a platform to be able to share the information to the public. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified.
So, so, so here's the reason why I asked you to come on right here. You just hit it and it's great. And this is so great. It's like, I love when these things just fall together, really. And it really truly is. You see, because in our industry, maybe in other industries, but I'm an expert in that industry of insurance, knowing that we're having to become more specialized, right? Sometimes as professionals in, in the insurance industry, we sometimes get our feelings hurt that we're not treated like professionals, like a doctor, like a CPA, like a lawyer is. And sometimes I beat up on our industry a lot because I want people to think and I say, are we acting like professionals when we want to help everybody with anything they have that starts with the word insurance, right? As opposed to a foot doctor just does a foot doctor, a cardiologist does just does heart, right? And they're seen as that way. A lawyer does divorce or does work comp or personal injury or whatever. They're seen that way and they're seen as professionals. Because when you walk into some place and no matter who it is, they say, yeah, I can help you. I'm not saying they can't, but I'm not saying they're not great at it. So what we've tried to do is we've tried over the last 10 to 15 years in our industry to really push for niche, right? Um, and as my boy Ryan Hanley says, niche, but we'll say niche here. So, so he, we really push for that. Not only does that help you create that voice and become that thought leader, but that's you're building what we like to say, which you use the words intertwined, authority. Right. We're trying to build. So I have an I have a podcast right now, Yitzi, that I'm that I'm starting. It'll probably actually be out by the time this is out. Um, it's called MP Local and it's actually nonprofit local. Non for profits are something that we write. I have a lot of executive directors who are really good at what they do. I thought, well, you know what I'm gonna do? I know how to run a podcast. I have a company that runs podcasts, so I thought I'll just create my own podcast in that niche. It's gonna work out fantastic because those people have a lot of they're like insurance agents. They're siloed, right? We're so working down deep in our own business that we forget what's really going on out there. And there's other ways to make things better. And that was my connection. And that's my connection to you loyal listeners out there is this is why I brought it's on because there's a lot that can be learned in this thought of those three things that he just mentioned, loyal listeners. We have all three of those and definitely the first two. And if you have the first two and you work it, you're going to connect that platform, which is the third one, he said. No doubt about that. So, Yitzi, that's why I wanted to bring you on. Anything you want to add as far as the way that these business owners, I'm trying to get into their brain, Yitzi, that they can be a thought leader. They don't just have to listen to Jason's podcast and think he's a thought leader. They can be thought leaders in their own realm. What do you think about that, Yitzi? So, so far we spoke about the why, why you should become a thought leader. Because it gives you that believability, that credibility, that authority. Then we said the, the what. A thought leader is somebody who, who's, who's known as an expert, who shares value-added information to the public, and has a respected platform. So here, here's the how. <clears throat> so I think, number one, it really, you can't fake it. You really can't fake it, and you have to really be an expert. And that means to keep learning. You know, often we think that learning, learning ends when you finish, we get our degree. But but there's there's things are constantly changing and and the more you learn the more you'll you'll, you'll find more connections and new ideas, and it's really to keep reading keep reading it could be audiobooks, you know audiobooks, um, you know, podcasts about your about your industry but be, be, number one is to really to become a unique expert an expert who is unique who is unparalleled there really aren't, aren't people like you around who know as much as you and again it could be a niche area that's number mm-hmm. one is to be a unique expert. Number two is is um, to have a respected platform. So, so again, so one example could be to become a columnist for a prominent prominent publication, let's say like you know, like Entrepreneur or Forbes, or whatever. But that not everyone can do that. 
or number two could be like have, having a podcast where you sh- share the information or to write a book or to give speeches, whether it's a TED, TED talk or other, other forums. So if you have a respected platform, um, that's how you're able to share your value added information. And number three, to share useful, unique information with the public that the public appreciates. So it's you're not just sharing cliches or buzzwords. You're sharing unique information that's 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 communicated well using stories, using emotion, using breaking down to simple to simple simple ideas, simple mm-hmm. concepts. Concepts, yes. So so that's to share useful information. And then I think number four is to surround yourself with other thought leaders and other mentors. So to surround yourself with greatness. You know that. There's a saying: It's better to be the the tail of a lion than the head of a donkey, right? Meaning, meaning it's better wow. it's better to it's better to be the 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 worst of the best than than the best of the worst. That's right. So, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, I like that. So those are my four. I mean, of course, there are many details, but those are my mm-hmm. four general things: is to is to become a unique expert, to keep learning, to create a respected platform, share unique, useful information with the public that people appreciate. And 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 then surround yourself with other thought leaders, and which means which can mean, you know, being on panels with them, being in communication with them, networking with them, having them as a mentor, um, yeah, you know, talking to them, interviewing them. Sometimes paying. Sometimes you got to pay your money to be a part in their group, which is right. which is never wrong. I mean, I, some of the best coaches I know in the world cost the most, right? Because they're really good at what they do. Um, and they have the right to charge for that. And sometimes to get that mentorship, God knows I've paid a lot of money to 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 get to to know the people and actually get intimate with them and have spend hours with them of learning uh, some of the things that took them years to do. So yeah, you're right about that. Mentorship is so huge. Mentorship is so huge, so huge. Um, I listed as one of the five. Well, Yitzi, if you haven't listened to a lot of my podcasts, and I, I ask you not to, it's about insurance, you'll fall asleep. But one of the things I talk about a lot is the five uh, people ask me why I do what I do um, for for them. And, and it happens to be that there's five reasons why I don't, I, I just heard about one this morning. Um, in a young agent, he was 29 years old. He left the industry, right? He just wasn't working out. And he had been, I'd been talking to him for the last year, year and a half about things he could do and a million reasons why he left. And it really much of them weren't his fault, but I get sad and I get sad because I know what the industry has given me. I never thought I would have the life that I have. Okay. I'm not saying I drive around in Ferraris, but that's not the life I ever really wanted to have, you know? So to to be able to live on a lake and have the things and be able to have it, but it comes down to five things. It comes down to flexible schedule, financial freedom, community contributor or influencer, um, uh, authority, authority leader, empire builder, and mentor. And that's what got me onto that because I believe one of the greatest strengths I've ever had was having good mentors and because of that, it has created a chain reaction that just wants me to be a mentor of others, right? And what the things that Mike Beard, my main mentor, told me are things I just can't wait to tell other people. So it just kind of comes naturally. Um, so those are the things in the insurance industry of, of why we do those things that you're doing. I love it. So you've given us the why. You've given us the uh, the what. You broke down some how. Any other beautiful gold pieces of gold you've got in there? Sure. So, so I, I think also, also is to, I mean, again, there are many other details, but another important thing is to is don't limit yourself to your comfort zone to always, always try to grow, you know, um, always try to grow, always try to, to learn new areas that you haven't thought of. And very often, very often the things that you, that you would never think are relevant can be the most relevant. 
I once listened to, I once read a book, the book about Steve Jobs, and he said what changed Apple, what changed his life was that he, he, he took a typography class, a class about, gra- uh, about, about typesets, and he, he, that changed his life because he saw the importance of, of design, the importance of, of having a, a clear font, you know. Um, wow. And so actually, I, I actually, um, I'm also a trained graphic designer. So that, that also has come, become very useful. So that, that's a similar thing. You wouldn't necessarily think that a, a teacher would, would benefit from non-graphic design, but it, it's, it's really changed, changed my entire business, my entire uh, publication. You know, having, wow. but looking, so our, our motto is we believe stories should be beautiful to the eyes, mind, and heart. And uh, I think that having a, a beautiful package, looking looking beautiful, is important as well. So, so the point the point is that don't limit yourself to your industry. So, if you're if you're an expert in insurance, you may, c- could very well learn 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 a lot from from you know the the, the being, uh, being how to be a lawyer how to, or how to run a how to run a, dent, a dental practice. This I'm right. sure they're over. There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap. I mean, really, business is business is business. And and a lot of things change, but a lot of the core fundamentals just do not, you know. And that's another thing. Um, just just jumping off as we kind of start to wrap this up here. I mean, some of the stuff going on, how do you see, um, just so you guys know, loyal listeners, it is uh, April 28th. Uh, so they're probably hearing this around mid-May, end of May. My question, and I don't know, I mean, my state is in a COVID lockdown until uh, May. May 28th, I think is what our governor said in Illinois. And a lot of people are, a lot of people are getting out. Where do you see life changing? Where would you see a couple little things? I'll give you an example. I was talking with Tron Young from the Great and Amazing People series that I'm going to be doing in June. And he told me that for kids that experience snow days in the next year or two, they will have no more snow days. You will just learn from home during that day, right? And there's a lot of people in America that don't even know what a snow day is. And I get it. But for all of us that do, that is kind of a, something that you wouldn't think that now they have proven that, hey, we can do basic teaching at home. We don't need to have one or two days off for snow days. Not only that, it doesn't burden the parents like it does now because they're going to be going back to school in a day or two, right? And then they're going to they're going to work on their stuff then. So what are some things out there you may have seen, Yitzi, that uh, you've kind of thought, hmm, I think that may stay? Sure. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. So one of the, you know, one of the immediate re- – consequences of of the quarantine or or the virus is that people are covering their mouths right? people are wearing a mask covering their mouths and and um to me that was a reminder that that we could be more mindful about how we speak you know i i think that until the crisis hit we were at like this this fr- frenetic pitch of divisiveness if you look turn to social media people mm-hmm. were s- screaming at each other in social media and and to 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 a certain degree, that divisiveness has been distracted. You know, we're now we're, we're we're talking about other things. We don't have the same degree of arguments. And I think that number one, it was number one. It's a reminder that that um, there is an existential human need for connection. We're we're all locked in our home, but but generally we're not. Most of us we're not starving. We have water. We have food. We have shelter. Mm-hmm. But but we feel in pain. We feel like we're. We're in house arrest. Why? Because we don't, we can't see our friend. We can't, can't go, we can't go to, to a Starbucks. And we, we remember that there's an existential. We literally, we're hardwired, hardwired for, for relationships. And I'm hopeful that, you know, there's such a thirst for human connection 
that isn't 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 um you know quenched by by talking on Zoom. There's a there's a quench for a, a thirst for human contact. So I'm hopeful that we'll we'll appreciate each other more. We'll see how we all need each other. And um, again, we, I think we have, we'll have to like you know, write down these feelings now just to preserve them. But mm-hmm. but I think I, I think at least for the time being, all that divisiveness has been distracted. Uh, this is the first time in the history, I think, of the entire world that the entire planet is, no matter how wealthy you are or poor you are, the entire planet is facing the same crisis at once. And we can all relate. We can all mm-hmm. relate. We're it's all crazy. people. All relate. And so I'm hopeful that that one thing we can take away is that is is that we we um we have, we love each other more we're more more empathetic and less less divisive and to you know be more mindful of how we you know think twice before we before we speak once <clears throat> right right you know i i it's it's i hate being a negative nancy i just i can't see it you know what i mean but here's the deal you know, Yitzi, when we're talking about something much deeper, you know, when we talk about that decisiveness, because I mean, like, I think, and I'm going to prove this wrong. I don't know if our country has ever been more decisive. And then you think of the Civil War when we were shooting and killing each other, you know, and to think that we could come back from that. And not just come back from that, but go into another century where we lead the world, right? So in a way, it almost says, yes, but you were changing from a small country to a larger country, and there were different forces that allowed you guys to come back together. We need one of those forces, right? We need that force, not a civil war. No, not saying that. And this could be it, right? This could be that force that allows us to say, Okay, we need to get better. The only thing about it is, is it's in the same year as an election year. So my goodness, are we going to be decisive here in about three or four months, you know? Um, And that's going to have its own thing. But I mean, Yitzi, I mean, and I know we'll be around in 30, 2030 and 2050. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, will we ever get back to that? We're never all going to love each other, but at least where we can tolerate each other. You know, let me let me let me let me state this. Let me state this real quick. I had an argument with a friend of mine on a text message, a group text message, because we're bored and we have nothing other to do but just pass memes around. And 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 there was there was a well, never mind. I shouldn't probably talk about that. I, I'm not going to talk about that because that goes into a lot of whole deep things. Sorry, loyal listeners. But but I mean, what are some of your thoughts about that? Do you think that we will ever be back to that? Um, that just going back to here's what I mean. Here's what I'm grasping for straws for. Just being able to understand that if you see something differently, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person, right? That simplistic thing. If you like this person, I shouldn't think that you're evil. Right. And if you don't like this person, I shouldn't think that, oh, you're the greatest thing in the world because you do. What do you say to that, Yitzi? I agree 100 percent. I agree 100 percent. I think that I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, it's there, there's it's so easy for us to to give to not give the benefit of the doubt, meaning if a person, person does something or believes something, we, we judge them. We, we, we make a decision about their entire life. But mm-hmm. but but I think one of the greatest ways we could we could have we could have more more pieces more peace more more harmonious relations is, is just to is to is to give them the benefit of the doubt to say okay you know what he believes that way because that's what his parents 
taught him or that that's that was it. he had a bad experience or, or he said that because she said that because you know uh, you know she, she, right. had, she had a bad day i think if we could just if we can give people the benefit of that more and also not take things to heart too much if things are rarely personal you know things are really personal and often we make it personal especially mm-hmm. in, especially on social media like people often they just they're, they see twitter as a big game who can get the most most uh retweets it's, a, it's like mm-hmm. a game it's like a point system so they, they they're saying mean things but not because they really mean just because they want they want to get the most retweets. points they, they mean the most, lrt you know it, and so i think also is that we have to get we have to really improve our we have to improve our communication skills and, and be when, when we write text to be more empathetic about it to realize that often we read things into a to a text message that aren't really meant because we're, 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 take, we're stripping out all of the the context and the body language and the nuances. Um, so, 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 so to answer your question, I think that if we could give people the benefit of the doubt more that they didn't really mean it that way, and let let things slide, not be so not be so so sensitive, not to take things to heart, I think we could um, we can go to a better place. <clears throat> yeah, sensitivity is a big one. Sensitivity is a big one. And uh, we, you know, that there was a video that Bill Maurer did. Uh, it came out in the last couple of weeks where he talked about. I don't know if you saw it, where he talked about it being a Chinese virus. Um, did you happen to see that? I've heard about it. Yeah, I heard about yes, it. Yes, well, it's fantastic because I'm not a big, I'm not a Bill Maher fan. I'm just not. But I wanted a dude. I wanted to fly to where he was and give him a high five because it was just basically what it is. They're upset that Trump said, and I don't care who it is. They were calling somebody was calling it uh, a Chinese disease. And whether that's wrong or right or not, Bill Maurer just brought it into perspective. And a lot of people did not know, including me, that literally every virus created um, is is named after the place that it originated, you know, or where it may have, you know, uh, what is it? The the, uh, MRSA, I can't even think of it now. It's the Middle Eastern Respiratory, you know, MERS. I mean, I didn't realize that was Middle Eastern. I did not realize that at all, you know. Um, so you start thinking about that stuff, and it's the sensitivity. And when Bill Maher Mar, is saying that, that means we've gotten really sensitive on some of the words that we say. And the way that we're offended anymore is just is absolutely crazy. You know what's amazing? This is this is kind of off the point, Itzy, but it is. It, and this is problem. This is wrong or right. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I happen to be watching Pulp Fiction, right? One of the greatest shows, in, in my opinion. Okay, I'm not going to say a wrong or right about the stuff that's in it. I'm just saying it is a great film. You know, I didn't realize that after they shot the guy, I had forgot that after they accidentally shoot the guy in the car and Travolta. And Samuel Jackson don't have anything to do with them, and they take him to Quentin Tarantino's house, right? And as many times as they dropped the N word, I mean, it's like 20 times they mention it in this three minute segment. Now, loyal listeners, bear with me. I'm bringing this back in that this was 25 years ago, if there would have been mention of one N word, or they would have even thought of saying it in a movie today. Holy crap. And that just shows, once again, loyal listeners, I'm not saying one's right or wrong. I'm saying this is where we've come in 25 years to where we can't even say the word. We just say the first letter. Isn't that wild, Yitzi? Isn't that 100%. wild? I, 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 recently, crazy. actually, I heard on, on another of Bill Maher shows, he had on Dan Crenshaw. You know, uh, Dan Crenshaw was, was the congressman from Texas. He's a, he's a former Navy SEAL. And he, he, he reminded me of the great line he said, which is that, 
we have to always seek not to offend, but also seek not to take offense. And so we have to we have to be sensitive in the sense of not hurting people's feelings, be empathetic, make sure we don't hurt people's feelings. But at the same time, we don't have to look for offense. We could we could be we could let things slide. It could be the person said it. It could be it just slipped out. We don't we don't have to create this outrage culture. Um, we could be a little mm. less, a little, mm. little, a little. Not, 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 what I mean is, just let things slide. Don't, don't, uh, don't take it to heart. Because it should be beautiful for the eyes, the heart, and the mind. Right? <laughs> Isn't that right? I love it, Yitzi. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. I love it, dude. You, you're filled with compassion. You are a thought leader because of the fact that of all the stuff you do, whether you classify it or not. We're going to wrap this up. But last question, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And because you're a leader, I know you're a reader. What are you reading right now? So, so, so I, I often, I try to listen to, to audio books that, that, uh, that, that are nonfiction. Um, the last one I, mm-hmm. the last one I listened to was, was from Gary Vaynerchuk, but, but actually right now I took a digression and I'm, I'm actually reading uh, some fiction. I started the Dune series by, by Frank, by uh, Frank Herbert and also Brian Herbert. So Dune is Dune is a book that was written in the late 1960s, and it, it became a whole entire series of actually. But, yes, uh, but uh, to me, it was it was it was such an unbelievable. Uh, there's so much. This philosophy. It's 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 adventure, and uh, it, it really it, it, there's so many th- parallels to, to today's society. Uh, so I've I've been I've been finding my escape in in, in Frank Herbert's Dune series. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I haven't read it, but yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Yitzi, man, hey, dude, if you ever need anything, uh, you ever like, man, you know what? I need to know some good business owners. You always remember that the independent insurance industry is one of the most unique industries out there. It really, truly is. We're entrepreneurs. We don't believe in what the big state farms and the big guys do because they try that. And we feel as independents that they don't always have the best interest of a client. Um, we feel that Yitzi doesn't doesn't isn't fit for every every carrier. We are a company, you know, and we believe that knowing you personally helps us provide you the best protection, and we believe that wholeheartedly. And a lot of us do auto and homes, but also a lot of us insure multi billion dollar corporations, right? And uh, and and that's one of the things that um, Yitzi and I'll end with this is that when it's amazing right now when you look at insurance and how how important it is to our industry um, and to our world, right? So when the next pandemic comes, we will have a lot of similarities, but we will not have businesses needing government loans because they are creating right now products that when businesses purchase it, and you better believe my business owners are going to want it, when they purchase it, and everybody buys it and it's spread across that whenever they a, a virus would happen, you're going to have your, your payroll paid. We already have that coverage currently. It's just it ha- there has to be a, a, a damage to the property. And because there's not, that's where our issue comes. But, you know, I say this a lot and people get to, you don't don't sometimes understand this, like people who aren't in insurance. And when I when I wrote about this, they, they liked it. And, and, and I wrote an article called What Does the World Look Like When It that, that Doesn't Have Insurance? You know, and I and I explain in the article that what you're experiencing right now, like this is the, the, the insurance industry and the world never anticipated this happening. Well, some people did if you're Wimbledon. 
<laughs> you got $141 million. And because after the last outbreak in 02 and 03, they said, hey, we've learned our lesson. Now, you can only imagine, I think it was like $2 million a year. You'd see this guy had to be going through some just brutalness every year at the budget meeting. Like, Tom, do you really think that we need this damn insurance for this virus that's never going to happen? You could just hear it at the board meeting, you know? And this guy now, he is a winner. Um, but, you know, you, you we look at that stuff and we will never. The, the world pandemics will be different going forward based on insurance. Sometimes people say, well, what do you mean? There was in the late 1800s, there was families who were starting to acquire assets. They were starting to build businesses and stuff. And the thing about it was, is that whoever the breadwinner was, which at the time was mostly the man, if he passed, he would leave his family with taxes and bills that were passed that, that from land that he had acquired and different things. And it prevented our society and our world from actually achieving more because afraid of what loss could happen if something happened to one of the parties involved. And the insurance companies kind of stood up and said, well, if you pay us a premium every month, if that happens, we'll pay that stuff off. And it was called life insurance, right? And, and, and I don't think that sometimes people out there don't associate that like a guy couldn't build a skyscraper in downtown Mar and downtown Baltimore if there wasn't insurance, because if he did something wrong and the building fell over and killed somebody, it'd be billions of dollars, right? But insurance set up a product that allows that to happen. I think sometimes there's a, there's a story to be told there about what the world could look like without insurance, because a lot of people like to down insurance companies, and ever for right, for, for rightfully so in a lot of regards, but they don't understand that the world doesn't work without insurance either. So I think that that was pretty important. So Yitzi, if someone wants to reach out to you because they just think you're cool, how should they do it? I guess the easiest way uh, could be on LinkedIn. Um, Yitzi Lina on okay. LinkedIn. Really, um, my All name right. isn't, isn't such a common name. So I think if you just type in Yitzi, I, I, sh I should come up on <laughs> the first result. First results. What is the, you gave me a little background on that as a, what is Yitzi? What is the, what is the, the name and the Excellent origin? Question. So Yitzi is short for Yitzchak, which is the Hebrew word for Isaac. And Yitzchak means uh, he will cause joy. He will cause, cause people to rejoice. So I, I really, I try, I try my best to, to bring joy to people. Well, Yitzi, I think that you're living that, man. Appreciate it. It was good to know you. I think you and I will talk many times going forward. Uh, if there's anything that anybody in this industry can do to help you, you be sure to just let me know how to get a hold of them or what you're looking for, and I'll point you the right way. Uh, greatly appreciated you taking your it was time, really Yitzi. really an honor. The honor is mine, and, and I wish you only continued success, Jason. I appreciate that. So you loyal listeners, you know what I do. I do, I do for you. And I appreciate it. Please give me your thoughts, give me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass. He's Yitzi, and we are out.